Mandy Yakich from Creative Matters, and you're listening to Creative Matters On Air, where I have conversations with new and established artists from around New Zealand. I love to listen to artists' stories and learn about their creative process, and maybe you do too, which is why I've made this podcast, to inspire, inform and educate. I hope you can take away something positive and encouraging from each of these amazing stories to help you on your own creative journey. Welcome to Creative Matters Season 2. This is Episode 1. Thank you so much for joining me. Great to have you back if you're one of our loyal listeners and a big welcome if this is your first time tuning in. It all began when an idea was sparked between two friends, writer Janine Wilkinson and photographer Anne Orman, to produce a work celebrating creative women in New Zealand. This week the result of this powerful union and vision comes to fruition with the release of their book Spirit Conversations with Creative Women. Anne Orman is a commercial photographer based in Auckland, New Zealand. Twenty years ago, she started doing fine art photography and having solo exhibitions. These were so successful that in 2008, she decided to quit her job, sell up everything and move to Paris to study photography. She has a love of visual storytelling and in particular capturing artisans, especially throughout the South Pacific. The book Spirit has been a dream of hers to celebrate many of her creative female friends around New Zealand, many of whom are in the book. Her love of capturing the detail in images is evident in all her work and she believes an image should make you stop and breathe and feel something you've never felt before. For as long as Janine Wilkinson can remember, she has always had a love of books Janine would be either transported to another world or learning something and finding exciting new words. For just as long, she has wanted to write a book. She has many unfinished attempts behind her, but it was when Janine met Anne that the reality of writing a book came to life. This is Janine's first book and has been sometimes an emotional journey to release her writing out into the world. Now she feels there might just be Another book waiting around the corner. You can purchase this gorgeous book online at thecreativecollectivespirit.co.nz and we also have links and images on our blog at creativematters.co.nz. Welcome to Creative Matters, Janine. Thank you very much. It's lovely to have you here. And welcome to Creative Matters, Anne. Thanks, Mandy. Looking forward to this. Yeah, we have so been looking forward to this for a number of weeks since we first spoke on our Zoom meeting a while ago. And um, yeah, it's really exciting. We've talked a lot about the synergy between my podcast and your book. And, um, you know, I think we've got the same sort of values and philosophies and uh, wanting to do the same kind of thing, really. So um, it's really great to come together. Yeah. Yeah, totally. definitely. It's a it's a great collab, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. For sure. So um, perhaps I thought we could just talk to each of you to start with to hear about your own creative process and practice, and then we will start talking about the book and how that came about. So, Anne, would you like to talk about yourself, where you were born, and um, something about your photography? Sure. Um, so I'm a Rotorua girl. I grew up in Rotorua. Um, my father um, always had a camera 
And he always, I'm not sure how much this influenced me, but it was always part of our world that he'd have always taken photographs of us. And I've got, I've still got big um, le- old leather suitcases sitting in my hallway filled with all the slides and things. And it's, it, another thing on a photographer's list is to get all of those off, print them off and put them in an album and things like that. So that's still, so that was, you know, that was, I think that was part of an influence. And I always had a little camera. I had the little Instamatic one with the little magic cube, which a lot of us would have had back in the day, little magic cube flash on the top and, and stuff. But it wasn't um, really until I was in my early, was it my 20s? In my 20s, where I was given a proper DSLR camera. And I wasn't using it in manual, I was using it in just auto and I'd, you know, go off on holidays and overseas and stuff and take photos. And then in my early 30s and a bit of a life change, you know, on a whole lot of levels, my mother had passed away and, and my father had passed away and I picked up a camera, I'd gone, I had my camera and I went to what's now called Studio Toy or Studio One, I think it is, it mm-hmm. used to be called The Art Toy Station, two. Yeah. Toy, that's it, in Ponsonby. And I did a two-day um a two-day photography course in black and white film. And so you took your camera, you flicked the camera onto manual and you threw a roll of black and white film in the camera and you went out and shot all day on the on the Saturday. And then on the Sunday, you were in the dark room and you, you took your film out, you developed the film, you processed it, and then you printed it. That was it. I was gone. It was honestly 18 months every single weekend I lived in that dark room. So, you know, I was a bit of a, mm. <laughs> bit of a hermit really, How but amazing. it was, oh my God, it was a, it was a game changer. Yeah. And so from there, I, um, and I was printing all my own work because you'd get into the dark room and, and print stuff and, and you could do any size and you learned a lot of the process because photography is very, you know, you, if you want to do manual photography, you really have to understand the whole manual process. So that was really good from that perspective. I had, um, a number of, I had, three exhibitions I think I remember the first exhibition I did was was a sellout it was I was I remember walking out of that exhibition and it was only it was on an afternoon we had two hours we'd set up out the back of this bar I don't know how many people coming through but pretty much everything sold I don't I I don't think I knew who I was for like about a week it took me that long to come down how incredible yeah it was so um, good yeah it was pretty amazing and then I started to you know print things off and I make cards and sell them to the shops and I'm going I thought to myself at the time I was doing recruitment and I I had a whole corporate background and um and I was nearly I just got divorced it, you know there's a lot of big changes going on I'd throw myself into my photography and then one day I was doing career counseling in my um in my recruitment career, and I sat there and went, looked at the person and went, why am I sitting here career counselling you? I need to go off and live my dream like I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to do. So yeah, I sold up everything and, and I'd, always, I'd always had a dream to go to Paris. And so I sold up everything and um, moved to Paris, sold my car, sold my house, even rang the IRD and said, don't know whether I'm coming back or wow. not. And moved to Paris for two years, but um, that was in the middle of the GFC, so... Mm. The GFC hit. I remember coming back from. I just spent three months in Africa, and I'd um, I'd done the course. I'd I'd spent nine nine months at a school called Speos, which was in the centre of Paris, and I lived in Saint Germain in this amazing um, one bedroom apartment. It was on the sixth floor of a walk up. It was it was a bit nuts. Um, did wow. a couple of winters in in Paris and stuff, and took off to Africa for three months after the course had finished. Um, and uh, then as, and when I came back from there, 
the it was it was major that the GFC had hit, and I thought, well, I don't really want to go to London. I don't want to go to LA. I'll I'll come home and I'll I'll see if I can set up my practice. So I mm. came home and kind of just from there it's it's been set up. And mm. so now I'm a, I'm a commercial photographer. So I focus on my work focuses on corporates. Um, I went down that path because it's um, it's what I know. I've always worked in corporates and co. So I know their language. I love the style of photography. It's mm. and what do you mean by corporate photography? So corporate. So I photograph for um, websites, headshots, media releases, um, advertising, all anything that a business pays for mm. imagery. That's what I do. Right. Um, so that's yeah. I don't do weddings. I don't do bar mitzvahs or funerals. That's kind of my. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of my line. And le- you know, I have some friends say, "Would you do this for me?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that's yeah." But it's not where my core core mm. businesses has come from. But do you know? But like, um, Jenny, I've always wanted to do a book, and yeah, so it's kind of with there. I've got a lot of creative friends, so um, really wanted to celebrate them. I wanted mm. to celebrate the female friends in my life. Mm. Um, one woman in the book, um, Anita, is um, which is one of our master artists, and I remember being in her studio back in, God, it was before, I'd, it was when I was newly divorced and I was doing the photography and stuff, I was trying to photograph her painting. And I remember looking at them going, these are, excuse me, the expression, these are shit, these are not great. I, yeah, I wish I could do this better. So it was kind of parked, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and I was collecting a lot of art at the time. Mm. So it's always been... It's always been sitting there mm. that I wanted to do something around this. Mm. And it's you know? amazing that you did that course and, and came back and that became your career. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just went straight into it. I'm pretty driven. I, there's no question that I – yeah, I kind of just knew that's where I had to go. I, I think, you know, with my career counselling, it was very much about I want people to tap into themselves. I want people to go, this is, is where I need to be. And I, I've always trusted – how I felt about something and followed quite an organic process, but I'm also quite driven. So I don't know. I, mm. Yeah. When you make up your mind, you make it happen. Yeah, pretty much. I think I do. I think I do. It's kind of, this is an interesting process when you talk about it and mm. you go, yeah, I think that's, yeah. Mm. So, you know, and, and a lot of people said, you know, you've got to really, and I have got a successful business, but I do know um, that I've had to work hard at it. So my first year of photography when I'd gone out full time, I just went hard. I just knew I had to have a three month cycle and and put my business development hat on and mm. and um, followed all the rules that I had been using. And because I've got a background in business development role and business right. development and marketing oh, and sales, and, yeah, that's very handy. So it was kind of a natural progression yeah. to build a business because I yeah. built everybody else's businesses. So you had that knowledge already for the actual business because often creators <clears throat> find that part hard. They do. Yeah, they do. Whereas for me, it's just, I love it. I love, <laughs> I love building a business. I just, I love that process, mm. do you know? And and making my clients happy. Do you know, every mm. time I do a shoot and so they come back and go, wow, Anne, this is exactly what I wanted. I'm like, <sighs> yeah, I feel full. I feel, do you know? I bet. Yeah. But and I think photography is amazing in that way that you get that sort of instant gratification almost yeah you do you do the thing about it though is that you've got to be careful that you've got to have the balance so for me this doing this project has been um important from having a personal you you have to have personal work when you're a photographer 
if you keep going down doing um, stage driven as a professional photographer, doing purely paid work for other people, it can become a job. So you really do have to have that balance and you always need to have personal projects. And I have loved lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> lockdown for me is is because I do a lot of um, travel photography. So before we went into the first big lockdown, I went to um, – we'd done a month in Bali. We'd done that in the August and then – the Christmas in the in the January December January I did two weeks in Solomon Islands and it's some of my my best photography yet mm. I feel and so a lot of that's about to be published so fantastic yeah. yeah and then you know we we're talking about you know instead of leaving all your beautiful photographs on online yeah. or on your hard drive it's actually beautiful to be able to have a purpose for it yeah for not your to be, work not to be morbid but I thought. I don't want to be run over by a bus and all my images are on a hard drive. I, I want to get them out. Mm. I like them. So I'm sure there's people out there that will also enjoy mm. them. And I, I say that to other people, get your images into books, even if it's just for you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It, it would be such a shame to, to not share what you're photographing because mm. everybody has their own way of seeing and their own way of looking at things. So every, every single photographer is different. Yeah. They all see it differently yeah so and it's like artists isn't it i mean make work and and a big part of that is sharing what you've created yeah absolutely absolutely so on that note and we might leave that thank you very much for sharing and we're going to talk to janine now she's pulling faces at me but we're still going to talk to you (laughs) um can you tell us about your writing journey it's an interesting one i guess if i look back to my childhood I've always had this love of books like it's I've always got a book on the go my mother read to us as kids a lot she my whole family are into books and things and I think for me I've always had that love of the written word and I remember thinking you know when you finish a really good book and I remember thinking gosh I'd really love to make someone feel the way I'm feeling after reading a book and so that was sort of like the start of it, I guess. Um, then I sort of my work has always been in the corporate space, so it's been nothing creative at all. But I've always had projects on the go in terms of creativeness and that sort of thing. My mother um, taught us to knit and sew and cook, and you know all of that. Well, no, she didn't teach us to cook actually, but <laughs> but I do. Um, and so it's always been a part of my life. Um, if I can spend an hour in a bookshop. I'm just in heaven, doesn't matter which one it is. Mm-hmm. And invariably I come out with a little treat. Um, I Then I worked for uh, a guy, I was in a sales role, for, a PA role with him, and uh, he was the national sales manager of the company I was working for. And he's very verbose. Like, he uses words like you just, some of them I had never even heard of back, I think I was only in my early 20s sort of thing. And I remember sitting there doing shorthand with him walking up and down the carpet smoking cigarettes and things. Oh, wow. The old days. It was back a bit, back <laughs> a few years. Um, and I remember going back to my desk and looking at this shorthand thinking at some points I'd, I'd go, well, I don't actually know what this word is or I don't know what he's said. So I'd have to make things up a little bit. <laughs> and I'd take these letters back for him to sign and he'd go, well, I didn't write this. And I went, yes, you did. See? And I'd show him my shorthand book, which, of course, he couldn't read. <laughs> so he encouraged the um, – I think the natural love of words as well. 
Um, I've always written bits and pieces, but nothing sort of really has come together um, until until this sort of book. So this is quite a confronting and somewhat uncomfortable time, but it's also really exciting as well because um, it's given me certainly the courage to try more and do more in terms of writing and, and that sort of thing so mm, yeah isn't that great <laughs> and we'll get on to how you actually came about you know the idea of creating the book with Anne but you know how amazing that you've always had this connection to to the written word and mm. here you are your first sort of <laughs> public um, presentation of your work and your talent is is a book I think I think one regret I would have in my life is that I didn't have the confidence or the encouragement or the courage to try and do it earlier, you know. And I think if we look at um, some of the women in the book, they talk about people in their lives that have been really encouraging for them, like fathers and grandmothers and that mm. sort of thing. So I think if you have that sort of person in your life, it's really really important and uh, gives you it gives you the confidence to. Mm. Follow your follow your dreams. Yeah, and you know what would you recommend for people who don't have that person in their lives? Oh, it's like anything. You know, one of the things they say is if you want to write, just write, even if it's shit, just write something. You know, I think it's with if you want to draw, just draw. Mm. You know, um, and I think for me, wanting everything to be perfect has maybe held me back a little bit, rather than trying something and it goes well, it didn't work, so try something different. So I would say just, you know, just do it and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and mm. keep, you know, your eye on what your ultimate outcome is and eventually you'll get there. Mm. That's great advice. I'm sure that will ring true for many people and not just with writing, you know, with <coughs> with making paintings or, you know, whatever you're creating. That's right. It's having the guts to sort of go there and just to keep doing it until you then can start sharing. Mm. Yeah. So well done. Thank Big you. achievement. <laughs> All right. So thank you, ladies. We are going to start to talk about the book, and I'm sure we've got a lot to talk about in that department. So um, your book is Spirit Conversations with Creative Women. And um, I have just got my copy today, which has been beautifully packaged in a gorgeous box wrapped in brown paper and tied up with string. Um, and it is the most beautiful book I've ever seen. Honestly, it is absolutely gorgeous. I can't wait to actually read it. I've got it here right in front of me. The most beautiful velvety matte cover with a lovely gloss white title. And, uh, yeah, amazing images and text all the way through. And uh, you, in this, worked your way across New Zealand to talk to about 34 creative women, is that right? That's right. And photograph them and learn their stories of their life, their work and the challenges they've faced when following their passion. So I can't wait to hear how this book actually came about. So can we go right back to the beginning and talk about how you came up with the idea? On the day we first met. At their Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. We did. We uh, I had a work Christmas party and and partner works at the same organisation as I do and we just sort of met for the first time there and got talking and spent virtually the whole night talking to each other and that was it. And Al came up to me and said are you going to you guys going to talk to anybody else and we went we looked at each other and went 
Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we both just went, we've got to do a book. It was instant, wasn't it? Wow. It was like we had to do a book. Mm. That's and, incredible. And Janine, you were doing one on businesswoman at the time. I'd started uh, writing a book about women in business um, because it was something that I that I knew. And I've always worked in industries that are very male-heavy. And so I wanted to sort of hear some of these stories. And I'd started doing some of the interviews um, but I've found that the stories were all very similar, similar challenges, similar things to overcome, all of that sort of stuff. And I thought this is not really a book of different stories. It's all one story mm. from different women. So I sort of got to that point when I when I met Anne. Oh, wow. And so amazing that you connected yeah. as people and sort of became instant friends by the sounds of it. Yeah. Plus, yeah. you know, the idea of the book. Yeah. And I'd had um, I'd had um, a, a bunch of female friends that were creatives, and and we kind of tossed around we tossed around a lot of ideas actually, and then we we settled on this one and went the F yeah fuck this is go- <laughs> this will be amazing. Do you know that deep seated? This is going to be pretty cool if we pull this off. I've heard other people say you know they had this sort of. I don't know, eureka moment or whatever you want to sort of name it. But um, it was actually a little bit like that. eh? As soon as we sort of said, you know, what about doing it this? We just went, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the one. That's it. It was just, yeah. Wow, and that's such a rare thing, isn't it? So that first year was very much, we contacted the people that we knew. I had people, Janine had people, we, we, we went through them. And that first year we, you know, we went out and we talked to people. We, we kind of we kind of didn't know what, we, we knew what we were doing, but we didn't know what we were doing. That's you know exactly I mean? right. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember we got to Christmas and I said, let's sit down and we get really clear. So Janine and I sat down and we said, right, what is this book really going to look like? And we got clear on the categories. We got clear on, we wanted one genre, um, one woman per genre in the book. So the book had lots of variety. Ah, so different genres, 34 different genres. 34 mm. different genres. We've got we've got a paint carver, we've got a filmmaker, we've got a winemaker, we have a jeweler, we have a florist, tattooist, tattooist a tamoku, tattooist, mm-hmm. not just. And the hardest thing was once we got clear on that criteria was actually finding these women. Mm. The criteria was they had to be working for themselves. So they had to be making money from the business. They had to have, it had to be amazing. We had to go, oh my God, how did you get to that point? Or I want one of those. It's yeah. been an expensive journey. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you own, you each own many of these pieces. Oh, yes. Yeah. We do. We're going we're gonna to do a post shortly on Instagram of what we purchased. Oh, because my goodness. I run out of, I think you can only have 10 images in one. Yeah. yeah, I have to select my 10 because it's <laughs> it's kind of a bit like that. But we did, we got really clear. And then I kind of took on the role of, of going do the research to see who we could find was a lot of that. And then I'd, I'd, because, you know, it took me six months to find the Punamu Kaba, a female Punamu Kaba in New Zealand. I was mm. I was in Rotorua, of course, where I'm from. I went and saw one of the top male um, carvers down there. And I said, what females in New Zealand uh, could we talk to? He had to really think about it. He gave me three names, or two names I think it was, and it was Neki Moa that I, and then I tracked her, and then I had to track her down, and she'd been living in the bush for 12 years and only just come out wow. and, and living in That sounds really rugged. <laughs> it does. I well, it was... No, it's exactly what happened. <laughs> and, that she, and she says, that I said, I, I had to ask her a couple of times, it was like, 
that's exactly what she was doing. She was living up in the mountains with her girlfriend. Wow. So, but it took me six months to find her. And it kind of really highlighted that in certain industries, like when we found Rebecca Asquith, it was, I really was looking for a, I think we tried to find a architect or a furniture designer. I couldn't find one that was working for themselves successfully doing something, just those first two criteria. And so we tracked Rebecca down and she'd been working for Weta Workshop. It took us, it took, you know, mm. to try and find these women because of these criteria. And that was important because we wanted women to think, you know, I can do that. If mm. these women are doing it and it's something different, I'm going to give it a go. I've had this mm. idea. Yeah. And I think um, having all those different genres and different categories is actually, that's quite a unique thing in itself. And mm. I mean, it's almost like painters and sculptors and that's that's what people kind of think of. And there's actually so much more that people are doing out there that's so amazing. That's right. So it's and better I, to highlight that. I think we wanted to appeal to a wider range of people with the book as well and inspire, you know, people that are maybe girls that are going through school and don't quite know what they want to do. Um, just inspire them to give it a go. And so that it was really important that we had that um, breadth of of different creatives, mm. Mm. absolutely. And did that? Did you decide on that quite early on? That's how it was going to be. That was a year, that was that year point. That was at Christmas. I remember right. we sat at your place and mm. and said, "Let's get really clear on what the book looks like." Mm. I think if if you think about it, that first year, if you look back now, you sort of go, "What on earth <laughs> were we doing?" You know, like we were so just making it up as we went along. It yeah, really was. It but was. That was yeah. a learning, wasn't but, it? Yeah. But we both had such a passion and drive yeah. to 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 do this thing that yeah. I think that sort of kept us going. But mm. the beauty of it is that. The artists that we both brought in that year to to look at were some amazing people. Mm. Do you know we've got Kate Hursthouse and you'd done a calligraphy course with Kate. Mm. Do you know, just, yeah, just really interesting people. Mm. And I think because they were so interesting, that kind of allowed us to go, so who else do we want that match these people? I yeah. think we were lucky that the first few <coughs> excuse me, interviews that we – did or first few sessions mm. were with really um, people that were really very open with us, like Hannah Jensen. Oh, she's, Hannah. I mean, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. <laughs> you know? mm. yeah. um, and I think we sort of, like, we'd walk out of one of those sessions and just be so excited and so full of it. I mean, I'd get home and just blab all night about mm, it you know, to the I poor know. people that had to listen to me. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking earlier how cathartic it is probably for the people you interview, but also for you, mm. you know, having a, allowing them that time to really unpack their lives and their process and practice. And it's similar to what I'm doing with the podcast, mm. you know, and it's, it's actually, it's quite a moving experience, isn't it? It can be. And I think, um, you know, we've had tears and revelations and um, inspirations going on the whole time from the artists themselves. You know, mm. they'd sit back and go, oh, gosh, I haven't thought about that in a long time, you know. It was really mm. humbling, actually, wasn't it? Mm, really humbling, yeah. Mm, I bet. When we interviewed um, several people down in Christchurch and they were talking about the – oh, this is going to make me feel – but. Emotional just even talking about, it. and we would that they shared what they'd been through with the Christchurch earthquake, mm. and Jackie, a friend of mine who 
Jackie's a big personality. You love Jackie. Jackie was, yeah, she's pretty, and I've known this Jackie for a while. She was, I've known her since I was about 19. And she's just a, a, she's a big creative person. What she wears is incredibly flamboyant and mm. the glasses. And if you follow her on Instagram, she's just she's yeah, pretty I've out. just followed her. <laughs> she looks amazing. She's pretty out there. She's just, and she's very, very successful at what she does and, and, Gives a lot back, and, and we she's were, a hairdresser, isn't she? Mm. She, yeah, she's she's hairdressing, and she has a salon called True Grit in Christchurch. Mm. But when we were talking to her, and she was talking about the Christchurch earthquake, she had to change it, move her salon five times because of the earthquake, mm. and the emotion of what it was like to go through those earthquakes. She was in tears. Well, she had. It's not just her business; it was her people that she had working with her as well. She. She was their support as much as anything. And so I think she took a lot on board um, during that time and maybe hadn't sort of quite not realised it, but not dealt with it maybe. And, you know, some of that started coming out mm. again. It's a big thing to go through, I think, mm. something like that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah there was some, definitely some emotion. And, you know, and, and with um, a lot of the artists, had really they hadn't really talked about themselves and had to kind of sum up who they were and and a lot of them went through quite a cathartic journey that you know I think you had a lot of feedback from people saying that was amazing. I think one of the standout things for me is how I could walk into someone's home or workplace and sit there for three hours and just get them to to talk about themselves and you know and I I'd walk in there not knowing them and I'd walk out we'd be hugging and you know mm. I mean it was I Incredible. was very moved by but, some of them yeah and that says a lot about the person you are and the person you are mm. and you know that that you can bring that out in them but also there's something about creative women mm. who uh yeah. have, often have mm. that Something spirit. about them. They have the spirit. spirit. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. sort of where that name came from, didn't it? Well, like, yeah. We had another name, which we, yeah, won't, we, won't, go, go we won't go down that track. Um, but this sort of really resonated in terms of that's what it's all about. It is about mm. your spirit. Mm. Mm. One of the other criteria that we didn't mention um, that was really important to the book is that this book was about women who fly under the radar. Mm. This is a. This wasn't the you know, the really well-known as it's not the Karen Walker, the Trollese Coopers, or the Lisa Ray Hunters doing amazing stuff at, at a, quite a high level, almost unattainable level because you've already moved through that um, that hand-to-mouth stage. Do you know where you're, you're grafting away and doing the business? And we both really, really wanted this book to be about women who um, need to be seen and their stories need to be heard and for other people to read them and – and go, wow, you know what, I've had this burning idea that, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. Because these women in the book are still, you can relate to them, you can touch them, you can feel them, you can see their journey, you can see their journey online, mm. you can you can read about it in, in Janine's beautiful stories. And and it just, you know, even I remember going to a lunch, um, was it last, God, we've been in lockdown, when were we allowed out last? Forever, <laughs> seven weeks ago. <laughs> I think it was last year and I was talking to this group of women about the book and this woman next to me said, oh my God, I want to buy that for my daughter. And I went, I sat there and had a moment because I went, mm. I hadn't thought about the, you know, young, you know, the, I was thinking more, 
you know, a woman in their twenties, you know, mm. that are, you know, wanting to change their career. But she said, no, I want my daughter to know. I want to, I want to sit in bed and read her a story every night, so she knows that she can be more as an artist. There's all these, there's thirty four different options. Exactly, out there. I love that, yeah. and, and just the fact that they, her daughter, can be an artist. Absolutely, and make a living from it. Because the other criteria is that they had to be making a living from it. This had to be eighty percent of their income. And why did you choose that? Because there's a lot of artists out there, they everybody's doing things, but if you want to make a living from it and you want to change your career path and 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 make your time eighty percent as a as a creative, then we need to represent people that are actually doing that. I think it's um like they've all gone through a a, a big emotional step in confidence to actually spend their lives and make a living out of mm. what they love doing. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a big leap for mm, a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is that, and I found this with my podcast, there are so many incredibly talented creatives in New Zealand and all over the world, probably. Um, you know, you, I could, I reckon I could just stay in my little northwest of Auckland area and I could be interviewing for three years, you know. Absolutely. Mm. We, I mean, we sort of, um, some people ask why, you know, why there's 34 women in the book. Well, we sort of got to a <laughs> we got to a point where we went. We actually have to stop this and mm. actually make a book now. Yeah. And it just happened that that's the number that we got to. We could have gone on and on and mm. on. Well, that, and maybe is book number two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've we've muted that and we've gone. Let's get this baby birth first. Yeah, but also yeah. this is three hundred and twenty odd pages. Mm. Yeah, there's only so many, you know. Mm. And we wanted it to be rich in stories and images mm. and stuff, and and not just be here's one page on an artist and here's that's right. Yeah, I was actually yeah. quite surprised there were so many pages on each artist, which mm. I think is nice. Mm. Well, because it's about it's about the. Uh, it's their story, you know, as much as um, their work. Mm. Mm. So I'd love to know, Janine, I mean, we'll talk about both of your processes as part of, of the journey, writing the book, making the book. But um, Janine, how did you actually come up with your interview questions or how did you run the interview side of things to get what you need? Uh, so I would research the artist once we decided um, who we wanted on board and they had agreed to come on board. Uh, and usual sort of Google searches and, you know, whatever I could find online sort of thing. I'd listen to uh, talks that they might have done, uh, interviews. I'd read magazine articles of where they've perhaps been interviewed before. Um, and I sort of I sort of wanted to dig into why they were doing what they were doing as much as, you know, how how they do it. So I wanted to sort of try and get quite personal about it, but we also were really conscious that we kept it as a conversation, not as an interview. So I'd have a set of questions. Um, I very rarely would follow them. <laughs> I'd start off with um, something that really sort of resonated with me when I was researching them uh, and then say, look, you know, I noticed this or I read this about, you know, can you tell me about that? Mm. And then it would just sort of go from there. So yeah. it's quite organic um, as opposed to planned. Mm, nice. And did you record the interviews and then go away and put it together? In your yeah, so I would leave the interview with all sorts of ideas in my head around what the the main sort of, sort of point was for that particular artist. And I'd get home and I'd just I, – I write as I, as I was talking as well, so I'd have a lot of notes – um, and would mic each one of the women up and video record them. So I would sit and I would just write from 
I guess from my heart or my memory, uh, the first sort of draft, and then I'd just off my notes and things, and then I'd go back and listen to the recording, sometimes more than once, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just sort of flesh out some areas. Um, in a couple of cases, because this has been uh, going for just over three years, three and a half years, some of them we went back and interviewed again because they had done certain things that we wanted to incorporate into the book. Um, so some of them were re-interviewed. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I would just flesh out the story. So I don't. I might write the. St- I might write the ending of the story first, rather than from mm. you know in a very sort of organised. I'm a bit disorganised in the way I write. Um, but I would have a sort of a theme running through it, mm. and then try and sort of get really into the heart of their story. So I think I write emotionally rather than anything else so if I can really sort of click with this person mm. there was a couple in particular um Sophia Minson is she I mean she's just a beautiful individual and I left her uh space just absolutely buzzing you know I loved writing her story some of them were really difficult and so they were more of a challenge mm. to what was find it? a heart to it all oh, right yeah. yeah and I think it's just uh, some people are perhaps more open than others, or maybe I drew them out more than others. Mm. Um, so it was a challenge to to sort of work with different personalities, some that were more open than others. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. And uh, did you find that you, you liked to get writing as soon as you'd been with them to keep it sort of fresh, or could you initially Initially, yes, and then I would have to just leave it until I something – spoke to me or I don't know what it was but it just I just thought yep now I'm going to write that story I've sort of finally got it in my head mm. what the story is going to be and yeah. I sort of had to work that through a little bit too so I so I didn't write them in any order either well maybe I'm a bit disorganized with my writing no. I, have, I mean I have a methodology that works yeah. for me yeah, but exactly. um I yeah but it's not a particularly ordered methodology mm. in terms of I don't sit and write one story and then the next and I don't write um from the start of the story to the end. Mm, that's interesting. But, you know, I mean, it's about having enough headspace and clarity in your mind to sort of come up with things and mm. working full-time throughout the process. Yeah, that must have been challenging. Yeah. You, you think about um, books that you've read where a book will start at the end yeah. and then it will tell the story and end up at the end again. Like, I really love that mm. approach. I, I, I think that's – I love books that do that. Yeah. I think it's clever. Yeah, mm. interesting. So uh, how did you actually work in with, with Anne doing the photography and, and that kind of thing? So we'd, we'd try and do uh, the interview or the conversation at the same time as the um, photography, but it didn't always work out that way. So sometimes I would uh, leave and Anne would sort of take the images and I hadn't seen any of them until, you know, you'd sort of got through your sort of process Um and then sometimes, again, Anne would go back and photograph them if it had been a long time and things had moved on as well. So mm. some of the images I never saw until, mm. you know, almost right at the end, which mm. was quite mm. quite neat, really. It is quite good. And and you wouldn't necessarily be, you know, connecting the images with the writing. It was Not quite separate. Quite separate because I also we also had to work with where the artists were at. So obviously the conversation that Janine's having can, can cover the, the, you know, the breadth of their – and you know existence really whereas i'm photographing the here and now whatever project they're working on um 
often what we'd do is we'd, we'd, we'd say to the artist that we've got three hours. So the interview would usually be take about two hours. It's half an hour kind of getting to know them. And then I would take 45 minutes to an hour to photograph them at the end. And I would say to them, um, depending on who the artist was, um, like if they were in the middle of stuff, we were lucky with, with the artist, uh, with Nikki Ma, and she was about to do a, an exhibition. So she had a lot of work already laid out. It was fantastic. Some of my favourite images. And mm. I've used her work a couple of times in exhibitions because it's it's been really powerful. Um, others, yeah, I've said, well, look, you've got nothing. You're right in the middle of a, you know, a changeover. You've got commissions coming up. Why don't I come back and photograph you? If it was out of town, no question. We had to do it at there and then. But, mm. you know, and, and a lot of them were taken only in 45 minutes, do you know, and, and, and researching you know, the detail and, and, and what we did. I think so. one of the funniest things about that was um, we'd go into someone's place and they'd had a tidy up because we were coming and Anne's <laughs> going, no, don't tidy up. I want to see it messy. Yeah, I <laughs> Tidying just, up studios. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, love, I love detail. I love getting very close to something. And getting that really shallow depth of field, which was, and I love, I have this, this weird obsession with hands. I love photographing hands, as, hence the, yeah. well, you know, the cover kind of came together. We didn't even think about that. That kind of just was, mm. I think Kieran kind of picked that up and went. Yeah, so we've had Kieran Modrica working with us, and I happened to cross her as well at a marketing association breakfast. And I remember walking in on my own and getting a cup of tea and thinking oh looking around the room who am I going to talk to <laughs> and she was um standing over there with a guy and I thought I'll go and talk to those two and it wasn't until later she said to me oh thank god you came over because that guy was so boring <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah we just got talking she works for a children's book publisher um and she just picked up on the excitement of the whole thing right from the first get-go um, so she's been um, an incredibly oh, important mm. part of this whole and process. And what was her role? So she's done all the layouts um, of the book. She's helped us through the publication sort of process because that was all pretty mm. unknown to us as yeah. well and she had a good understanding of that. She was amazing. But mm. her ability to, um, you know, like she'd look her, at things like where, is, where the text would end mm. and in conjunction with the rest of the page and you know her just, ability to interpret what we wanted yeah. the book to look like was phenomenal she just nailed it Kieran and I would sit there because from because it was photographic heavy in a lot of areas um we Kieran and I would sit down and look at whether what the layouts would look like and where the images would go and I remember um the first one and actually Philippa is the um first um, artist in the book I met Kieran and I sat there and we had a oh my god that's it it just everything about it the images work the light mm. the images the way the layout was and we went right every layout we do has to have, give us that same feeling yeah we have to go that's it it works and so the book kind of yeah so that I think that's why I mean from my perspective with how with the images sit I'm really happy with it because they had, there's a lovely flow she has Kieran had a beautiful knack I I what I would do is I'd take all the images I'd edit down to no, a couple of hundred mm. go here you go with the starter go here you go guys wow. you choose which ones you like we found that we were all choosing sim the similar images so in the end I kind of just gave it to Kieran and mm. Kieran you know, the second half of the project, Kieran would 
pull out those images and wow. put them in. And That's she quite had trusting a, of you to do that in a way. She had a, oh, you get too close to it mm. as a photographer. I'd go, oh, but I want all of these images in there. I was like, no, it can't happen. So They're I went, all fabulous. I had to go. <laughs> well, yeah, there's stuff that I like, but yeah. there's, 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 here's, there's t- these 10 images, but you can only put five in the book. And I'm mm. like, I'm too close to it. That would have been hard to choose. I but think she was, she was a good foil for both of us too, because we tend to get a bit excited. <laughs> <laughs> and she's yeah. very calm. And yeah. like the amount of times that we asked her to change something and then change it back and then change it again oh and then change it to something else. Oh, no, now change it back to the original. And she just quietly went about doing it. And no, she's, she's an amazing oh, woman. Amazing. She's amazing. I, yeah, we were just, yeah. And the so, other, sorry. So I was going to say it was actually Karen that came up with the image for the cover mm, of the book with yeah. the hands. Yeah, and that's, that's Fiona Mackay, isn't it? Yeah, with yeah that's right. Yeah. It's very beautiful. Yeah. And so... Um, so tactile and, you know, it just feels very – you can really connect with it, can't you? Mm. Yeah. Because and it's the, the only one that worked because we tried a couple of others and – With the just, title. Just yeah. didn't have the same impact. Mm. So, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, did you want to say anything else about your Oh, no, I was just going to say the um, there were four of us yep. um, working on the book and the other person was um, uh, Laura – Skerritt. Skerritt. I was going to say a bit of how to pronounce her name. Sorry, Laura. Um, anyway, so she came on – Laura had come on board um, to manage all the social media. So she built our website for us, populated the website, um, has managed all the Instagram, doing all the mm. Facebook. She's been feeding that beast, mm. that hungry machine yes, for us. she and has. There's no way that we could have done – the you know the social media without her that's been we've been incredibly fortunate to have a, an amazing team of four mm. we used to meet um up at the pullman hotel pullman hotel <laughs> when we were allowed to go to places <laughs> um and the four of us would sit there and we'd have we were going through picking the paper stock i think was yeah, one day and right. Anne and i had bought along about eight books each and going we were and we had them all spread out all four of us were ooing and ahhing over it and i think at one stage we were told to sort of contain ourselves a little bit because <laughs> it got a bit excitable. Mm-hmm. But we would just meet up there and just, um, yeah, all four of us just yeah. really clicked as a group. Mm, it was yeah. incredible. Really good sort of personalities. Mm. You know, you all had different strengths, I guess. Yeah. The right personalities for the right job. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And did you two as friends ever have any difficulties working so closely on, on a project? We've been pretty good. We've we had, have, we've we've had, had moments. Moment. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's just natural, though, of working together because we're both we're both quite driven and headstrong individuals. Mm. But I suppose the flip side of that is that there's no way we could have ple- completed the book without each other mm. either. It's you know there'll be times that I'm that I'm in overwhelm with work and I'm go oh my god I'm just and Janine would pick you know pick pick it up and carry it for me and then uh, there's been moments where I think it's possibly happened with you and. Mm. You know, you just you have to have that yin and yang, mm. and and I think when you work that closely with someone, you know, it's you've got to be. Do you know we'll have moments, and then we've got to be gentle on each other, and then celebrate that we've got to the end, and yeah, that yeah. we actually produced a book together. Oh, I think so I think it's a respect thing too. Like you have to be respectful of the talent of each other, and also that you know if you're having mm. a bit of a moment, that you've just got to give people space um and then but you also wanted to finish it for the other person as much mm. as yourself so I think that was a really big mm. thing and also that 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 end bit was pretty stressful we were under yeah. the pump and we'd get quotes on getting the book published and you know COVID had really hit us and 
it was getting expensive and we got it requote because we're you know we're getting a bit behind and getting it completed and they said well you know your costs have just gone up 30 percent and yeah that I think the last that last stretch was pretty stressful mm. there's so much detail Mm. in publishing a book and I think that's been a big learning certainly for me Mm. like you know I sort of talk about Learning new words and things like, you know, the ozolid is my favourite word, ozolid. <laughs> oh my there God, what it. is it? It's, go. the, it's the, basically the proof uh, of the book. What's, what's the but word? It's the ozolid. Ozolid. It's a certain type of paper that they use to basically give you a proof of the book just to check things like the photographs are in the right place or the if we have a matte varnish, that the matte varnish is in the right place and mm. all that sort of stuff. Mm. But I just... Fell in love with that word, mm, <laughs> but the process—the process itself—is extremely detailed. Mm. There's so many little bits to mm, it, and, and yeah, we were lucky having Kieran sort of mm. gently pulling us along by the nose. And mm. is it—is it important the relationship you have with the publisher, or is it more about sort of? Well, Kieran? we we self-published, so um, so it was yeah, basically Kieran helping oh. us through that process. Mm. That's um, amazing. Yeah. That could be a whole other podcast of how to publish a how book. How to self-publish. Yeah. With, without question, that definitely is. And, and I always say it's a bit like having a baby, as a lot of people have had a baby, but no one gives you the guidelines of how mm. to be a parent. Mm. You know, like here's a one step one to ten. It's a bit like that with publishing. We really had to kind of – I mean, when we did the blad, <laughs> we're going, what's a blad? Yeah. What, what, is, a blad what is? is a blad? A blad is what you use to sell the book in with. So you produce a – you reproduce a um, portion of the book – and that's what the distributors go out and, and oh. sell into the booksellers with. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we had a couple of attempts at that. Mm. We've got <laughs> uh, Batemans as our distributor. Mm. So um, we were lucky enough to be able to work with Paul Bateman, and he's got a very casual approach to things. And I think he didn't quite realise how much we didn't know at the start, but he's been a real guide for us in terms of getting through the process mm. as well. Yeah, he's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so with all you've learned, I mean, do you feel like you you really should create another book after all that learning? I mean, it feels like there's you're sort of ripe for the development of, of further further books from all that learning. I think both of us have got Ideas. more books in us. Yeah. What they are, I don't think has quite mm. um, sort of come to light yet. Um, Anne's got her photography books that she's already started on. Um, you wouldn't think whether there's another one together of the same. Maybe we don't. Yeah, we don't, we know. don't know yet. I think we just we'll let this one. Yeah, get as sold you said. First yeah. yeah, exactly. I think yeah. we want to enjoy this one. Yeah, you know, the the mm. process that we're going through with this one. It's just it was a big amazing. job. What we've this was a big. I mean, I I literally burnt out a couple of times going mm. through trying to work and do this because, do you know, the artists are all around New Zealand. A lot of them. You're trying to book in to their time. You're trying to book into our time, and yeah, and yeah. then you, it's a half day out of your time. Then you've got all the back end stuff because you've got to, you know, Janine's writing the stories. I'm editing all the images, and then we've got to put the book together. So mm, maybe if we'd known as much as we know now, we might not have. <laughs> yeah, people say that. Don't but they? here's the thing: if we if we were to do this knowing what we know now, it, I, we would, would it be a easier, far clearer path. Mm, I think. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why I feel like you yeah. know. It would be great to use that learning to yeah. create more. But it is a big book. It is. I mean, you could have it made is. a smaller book, ladies. <laughs> but we wanted it to be a coffee table yeah. sort of book. You know, yeah. like we've reinforced the spine so that when you open the book, mm. it'll lie flat mm. expressly for that mm. so people can have it open and see it. Um, 
Yeah. We, and I always wanted to do a photography book as a coffee table book. So for me, this fulfills mm. that that mm. that dream or that passion is to do something that sits on someone's coffee yeah. table as a photography book. Yeah. I think the other thing too is we did get um, 50 book blocks um, printed at the same time. So the book blocks you take to a book binder and they hand bind them. And one of the ladies in the book, Louise James, uh, will be doing that for us. So we will have some quite mm. beautiful, hard, mm. hand-bound copies available. Mm. At some point, we'll be get over to see her. Yeah. yeah. That's so nice. She's, and, she's also had a baby, like yeah. half the people in the book have yeah. had kids and stuff, so she's oh, a bit wow. hard to pin down at the moment. And it must yeah. have been fun doing the, the roadies <laughs> together to meet these yeah. Yeah, creatives. Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. Actually, I was going to. I said to you earlier, I was going to tell you the story of what happened when we, because we would flown down to Queenstown, and we'd gone. We'd interviewed Anita in Queenstown, and mm-hmm. then we'd driven over to separately. We'd driven over to um, Port Chalmers to do Deborah Fallowfield, and then we met up in Cromwell to do. Um, and I don't drink coffee. I'm not a caffeinated coffee girl. But I'd just been to Bali, and I'd. Um, I'd had a cup of coffee over there, caffeinated, and went, you know what, I reckon I can do this. So <laughs> I'd only just got back. Anyway, we met in Cromwell, and I'd had two espressos before going in to do that Gypsy interview. West. Gypsy West. I, I think was... she thought we were mad. The <laughs> <laughs> two of us were just, well, Anne was bouncing off the walls. I was bouncing off her, bouncing on the walls. And we were all very excited. Oh. <laughs> and I took these images and I thought, oh, my God, what are these images going to turn out like? And they ended up being some of our favourites in the book. Mm-hmm. So. That's interesting. Yeah, we've had So some... coffee, coffee is the go. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've gone back to decaf. Oh, I can't sustain funny. it. Yeah. That's interesting. It's funny. Yeah. And... Um, I mean, you know, this week you have released the book. Was that Monday it was released? Mm-hmm. So beginning of October. Um, how how does the release work? What have you been up to this week? Well, I think the before that though is was actually picking up all the books from Batemans and and Janine had to manage. The, I live in an apartment, so I have a two bedroom apartment, so two pallets of books wasn't going to fly. At I my have place. an interesting looking garage at the moment. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. So and why did, why did you have the books? So some go out mm. to stores, I presume. So Batemans have a certain number of them that they will distribute. Um, and then we wanted to be able to sell ourselves as well. So we had to, because at the moment they're a bit pushed for um, space in their um, distribution centre, mm. we had to go and pick up 500 copies of this of this book and put them somewhere. Wow. Um, and then, of course, do all the fulfillment that, that comes with the orders and, and that sort of thing. So mm. that's been a learning curve, how to mm. use Shopify and, mm. you know, all that sort of stuff as much as anything. And you had a lot of back orders, I presume. We've had a, we had a lot of pre-orders. Pre-orders, yep. yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot. Um, it's been interesting that since Monday, since we've actually been getting the books out in front of people, We've had some incredible feedback. We've had the artists on their social media um, showing people, mm. showing themselves in the book and yeah, that sort of thing. I've and that's that. really like the orders this week have just been fantastic. Yeah. And when with the, I have to say this, with the Shopify app on your phone, <laughs> every time a sale happens, it does a little cha-ching. 
<laughs> really? Spikes like a cash register. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Cha-ching, yeah. cha-ching. Like, There's another one. Yeah. How exciting. Yeah. Wow, I mean, this week must have just been an absolute buzz for you. Yeah, it's been a pretty wild week. So we went out on Monday. So Janine and I, because of lockdown, Janine and I um, joined Bubble so that we could um, sign the books. And so mm-hmm. we did a big book signing of about 200 books, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And then we decided to mask up and socially distance, um, hand out the books to the artists so the artists could have. And Janine's done the most incredible job on the packaging. Mm, it is so beautiful. You would have seen it when you opened yours. Yeah, it was is loved it. absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And so, did you go and visit everyone around New Zealand? No, no, just just, just Auckland. Just Auckland. Oh, you couldn't have. That's right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 yeah we're, oh, no, we're locked we in. That. We're locked into we're Auckland. Locked, we're locked into This Auckland. could be another <laughs> one yeah. of those awkward cases. Yeah. <laughs> so Anne and Janine have flown to Christchurch <laughs> with their books. Oh my God! Just to be clear, we've had a lot of conversations on front porches. Yeah, a lot of, this yeah. week. I even bought a selfie stick so I could take yeah. distanced photographs so for Instagram. Yeah. But how lovely yeah. to be able to go back to your yeah. people. Yeah. It was, really, it was really nice too. Yeah. And the level of appreciation and I guess excitement mm. from mm. them has mm. just, yeah. I don't know, it's just give you a bit of a buzz really. Yeah, yeah. all that hard work for three years, three mm. and a half years. I mean, I still look at this book and I'm just, I mean, I, I, I just love it. <laughs> to say mm. do you know and I feel quite detached from it I feel like it's it is a, a beautiful book to give away to people yeah it is yeah it really is and mm. um you know this week I guess must have been quite a sort of momentous week for both of you you know not only have you been successful in your project and it's you know this is the the fruit from all that hard work but you know you are both putting yourself out there with your creative talents so mm. how have you found that Confronting. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess for me it's a little different um, because it's the first time that I've had my writing out there. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people that, you know, can be critical about the way I write or, you know, I should have put a comma there or not or whatever. But, yeah, that's just my style of writing. Yeah. Mm. Um, But I I feel... happy with it we had six people edit um the text to make sure that we got it right wow um and i think once i think that was more confronting it was just releasing it to people i didn't know and getting them to um edit it because it is a critique of your work mm. by doing that yeah and so i think once i'd done that i felt a little bit more comfortable um about it but um yeah i people write in a certain way and that's my way of writing yeah which is what mm. we enjoy i mean mm. you know it's, it's something that you're bringing to the book mm. yeah and how did you feel um yeah. i'm i because i'm a commercial photographer i've seen my work on billboards and buses and magazines and and so at, at that side of it wasn't as as confronting for me but my peers my mm. photography peers was the ones i was probably more anxious about and um actually a close friend of mine who's he's um taken our headshots in the book and he looked at it um the other day and he goes yeah this is pretty cool and I went yeah I'm okay I'm okay and then someone else looked at it and went wow this is this is not what I expected is way better than what I expected I'm like do you know so I've kind of settled down now that my peers Mm. have seen the Mm. book and and are okay with it isn't that interesting yeah that, that that's more confronting than yeah yeah. But I think criticism is part of the learning, I guess, and growing, isn't it? Like you know, some of it, as long as it's not 
you know, yeah. trolling mm. criticism. I mean, yeah. some of it you can sort of go, yeah, well, actually that's a good point and now I can incorporate mm. that into whatever I do next. Yeah, I guess it depends how you receive the criticism. Mm. It's like having an art exhibition. Mm. You know, you're, you're sort of putting your soul out there a little bit, aren't you? It's, yeah. You know, it's so much a part of you. Yeah, and that first one's always the hardest, that first exhibition. I think there's a lot of the women in the book too talk about that mm. first um, mm. public sort of viewing of their work mm. as being you know, quite a thing to get through. Mm. Because you become so attached to your work. Mm. Mm. Um, even sort of giving away or selling your work can be mm. hard for some But that's people. the thing about the creative journey, and, and, and I know for myself, and I think you've talked about it as well, Janine, is that, you know, your work, for me as a photographer, I photograph what I feel. I photograph what I, I see it, and I have to feel it. So I'm photographing my soul, mm. really. This is This is – how I see the world. Mm. So the book really is a representation of how I see the world. Yeah, it's so true. And so if, any, if an artist is doing their work, you, you when you really go deep and connect with yourself and then you put it out and say, hey, guys, look at this, That's conf- that is that first time is very confronting. Mm. Yeah, and, and I, think I, I think I said earlier that, you know, I think I'm an emotional writer. So when something really um, – resonates with me that makes it easier to write Mm. Um, and you can sort of understand why you know you hear authors saying um, that they wrote this thing and they put everything into it and you know they it might be a book that has components in it that maybe they don't want their parents to read or something like that but you but you write from the heart Mm. and and that's what gives it its life I think yeah but it's very personal Mm. Yeah. So, you know, talking to all these amazing women, can you both think of something that you learned from them as a whole or from individuals? I think for me it would be courage. And courage has always been a word that rattles around in my head for some reason. It's courage to um, just try. Uh, that and that things don't have to be perfect the first time. That's a good one. Yeah. Mine's connection. Mine's about a big part of doing the book was to get all these artists connected with each other so that they could support each other, you know, moving forward. That was really important for me. And the friendships that I've made from the book, from the artists in the book that I didn't know have been quite, quite beautiful. Mm. Do you know? So mm. just, I just love that. I, you know, I suppose I've always looked at my photography as about connecting to self and connecting to others. But just this book is about a, a, a group of women connecting together. And I mean, the idea is we, we wanted to have a book launch. Not going to happen this side of Christmas. So, but we will, we will have one where mm. we can get all those artists together yeah, so they can all meet great. and connect with each other. Yeah. And, you know, and talk and, and then become supportive of each mm. other. So And end up with their own little network. Yeah. 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 Sure. I hope I get invited to that. <laughs> Please. <laughs> we'll have you on the list. <laughs> I think it'd be you. I think it'd be really quite cool for them to talk to each other about how they felt going through the experience mm, as well. Like I know absolutely. a lot of them sort of have said, yeah. Oh, I can't believe that you want to include me mm, and, yeah. and it's like, well absolutely. why wouldn't we look at mm. your work? Yeah. I know, I find that a lot when I ask people to be guests as well. Mm. And they're like, why? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it's I don't you know, people just somebody this week said, I'm not sure if I'm qualified enough and I'm like, You don't need you know, you don't need any qualification. You have your gorgeous work. Yeah. That's your you know, your qualification. Which is why why what we've done with the book and what you're doing is is so important for people to be able to recognise that what they're doing is important. Mm. Do you know? Just mm. to, 
you change people. I think art changes people's worlds. It changes mm. how they feel. Yeah, and it's so nice for other creatives and people who feel like they're not creative to mm. hear those stories. So, you know, they can be inspired and mm. it might help them to get going or, mm. you know, inform them in some way. And, you know, I think we're, we're both, we're all trying to do the same thing in that way. Mm. I yeah. delivered a book to uh, someone this week, <laughs> socially distanced, of course. Um, and she's an artist herself. Um, and we got talking and she was saying that she's quite new to having her work out there and she felt a bit of a fraud calling herself an artist. And I said, but look, you are one. And she mm. said, I know, but I felt funny calling myself that. And I went, yeah, mm. I know what you mean. I sort of, I guess, went through a bit of that calling myself a writer, but mm. man, there's the book. I know. <laughs> yeah. And we, I think every podcast, the people have said the same thing, mm. that, you know, terminology or sort of getting your head around who you are and what you are and what you present is difficult for some reason. I'm not mm. sure why. I did the same as with photography and I remember and I talk about Anita because her journey and my journey have kind of been paralleled with her becoming an artist. But she always said to me, you're a photographer. I went, no, I'm not. Mm. No, I'm not. No, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet. And I, I don't know when that turning point was but, I, you know, there's no – there's you. I, I don't think I can separate my name off with doing photography anymore. It's, mm. I think that happened a little while ago but, yeah, that's a big – I remember you mm. saying that to me. What's that? Oh, oh, yes. I, <laughs> but you're a writer, You're Janine. a writer, like, Janine. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, but that's just a natural part of the process. It is. Yeah. And then you sure. sort of go through that journey and you have to stick at it and keep making and then you mm. sort of over time get mm. your head around that Yeah. somehow. Um, one of the things I think is really lovely is is um, that Helen Clark has mm. um, signed the forward of the book mm. for us and Janine's done – you've been talking with her – Around that, mm, great. yeah, she was um, on a panel at a function that I went to, and I remember sitting there listening to her. I was at the, uh, I think New Zealand Women's Institute of Sport, and I remember listening to her, and I thought, you know, she would be perfect to as an endorsement mm. for us. She's really into the art world herself. Mm. She's very, very supportive of women in every aspect of life, whether it's sport or business yeah, or art absolutely. or whatever. And so um, I stalked her at the end of the <laughs> event until I got a gap and just and just went for it. And so she was good. she was you know really open to it. And then it was probably eighteen months later before we were actually ready to. To, to do that part of the book mm -hmm. that I went back to her and she's like, yeah, I'm happy to do it. So yeah. good. So it was, it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's a great person to have endorsing mm. the book. Yeah. Yeah. We've yet to present her copy to her yet. She'll wait for that, those levels to come down. Yes, and, exciting. Yeah. Oh, well, we're kind of coming to the end of the podcast, I guess. Um, I'd just like to ask a couple of tricky questions um, for you both to answer. Is this like a quiz? Kind of. <laughs> no, no, this was like a pub quiz time. I'm yeah. not going to win. Hardest thing? <laughs> For me, juggling it with a career, with a, being a full-time you know, commercial photographer, I, that was the hardest thing was juggling that time and, mm. and, and not losing my shit. <laughs> and I lost my shit a few times. <laughs> that would be for me, yeah. Janine? Um, to keep going and – I'd have to say that's what's really worked with Anne and I is that 
she's kept me going sometimes when I've sort of perhaps lacked a bit of confidence or or just sort of couldn't get my head around what I was what I was doing. Mm. So yeah. There's um, a lot of hard things. There's yeah, a lot of yeah. things we've had to they learn. Would have been, and, yeah. I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. Um the scariest thing. Scariest thing and I hope she excuses me for saying this, but was interviewing Nikki Moore. Oh, yeah. Well, Nikki Moore's a big personality. It's one of the ones that I love the most. Mm. Interestingly. So when mm. I when I walked into her place, she's quite a larger than life sort of person. Um, she's very kind, she's brilliant at work, and she was very open about her story. Um yeah, so that maybe that's why I like the story so much mm. is because it was like I felt most nervous doing mm. that one. Yeah, and that's <laughs> for you a way of connecting emotionally mm. too. Mm. Yeah, and I think I mentioned it before was my peers seeing the book, mm. and it wasn't until um, the president of the AIPA said, "Oh, we'll get you on a you know you you can do a little circuit and come and talk to the photographers." I'm like. No, I don't think I can do. I though it's do you know I hadn't quite put myself at that point, and um, yeah. So to get the feedback that the book had hit the mark, that was my biggest fear. Yeah, that must be a big sigh of relief. Yeah, yeah. So. And um, I'm just trying to think of one more question to condense it. Um, the best part of the experience for you. The best part, um, I guess it's the friendships that we've made, um, but also crying when I saw the first proof. <laughs> mm, I bet. <laughs> oh, you've just brought up my one of my scariest parts. Oh. That was sitting in Bateman's crying when I had to get the – I'm going to come back to your question – when I had to get the colour tones of all – and I had a digital copy – I had a digital proof, I had some printed proofs and I had my own, you know, digital copies on screen trying to match them up and I remember sitting there and Janine, I said, Janine, you have to come to this point with me and I remember sitting there crying mm. so I was just in over, I was exhausted mm. and I was in overwhelm and I thought, yeah. what happens if this comes back and they're all, you know, the images are all too hot which means they're a bit warm and the yellow tones and the skin tones are out and I'm like, all the colours of the artist's work aren't, that was probably my scariest Aren't thing. Untrue. Yeah. Untrue. That yeah. would be tricky. Yeah. I think, so too, we didn't know what was going to come back. I mean, we no. were sort of forced to print up in China in the end just because we couldn't afford to do it locally. Mm. But just being a bit unknown about what how it was going to come back. Mm. Yeah. And mm. everyone likes to tell stories of, you know, scary stories about how, oh, well, I published a book in China, it all came back, back to front or, you know. We didn't have any problems whatsoever None. with that. None mm, whatsoever. That's great. And the books arrived early. Mm. They all books arrived probably two months early. Wow. So that's very good in these yeah, COVID days. Yeah. yeah. So for me to answer your question, and this might surprise you, my moment here is working with you. Was your worst moment? No, the my best. best. Oh. The best part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't asked Thank the worst you. moment. Because we couldn't have, I couldn't have done this. No. Nah. Do you know? And we, you, you dragged my ass along at some points when I was going, kicking and screaming, going, I'm done, I just can't. And, yeah, we wouldn't have got across the line without you. Yeah, same. Mm. Mm, well it's done. Definitely a, a joint 
yeah. success. Yeah, absolutely. Day. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's such a beautiful thing on so many levels. Spirit Conversations with Creative Women is the most gorgeous book. I encourage everybody to buy one from the web, from their website or from the link on our blog. And, um, you know, for me talking to you guys, the first time we got in touch, I just instantly felt these are my people. You know, there's something about you. We had a Zoom meeting and it was just like we were already friends. And, you know, I think you probably don't give yourselves enough credit for who you guys are and how that has influenced the beauty of the book on so many levels um, and the way you've connected with creative women. And, uh, yeah, it's been a joy to meet you and I hope that we can see more of each other. And um, congratulations on a beautiful book and um, a huge successful project. Thank you. Thanks, Mandy. Thanks for having us on. You're welcome.